Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. Good morning, Chandra. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm curious how people are doing, how parents are doing in this transition into summer. I imagine that there are many of you out there who are more organized with day camp nannies. I don't know, but I, because of Adam's schedule and because we're, we have so many different things planned, I was not on top of it. And so I definitely feel all over the place. Same. I feel like I'm just taking different colored pens and like drawing circles and hoping they intersect at some point and then hurriedly erasing the ones that don't. (laughs) No, I like started last night. Adam was leaving on Father's Day. He left. He had to go to New York. I know. So while he was packing, I was sitting in the room with him making drawing with all these different colored markers oh my Monday, God. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then I like tried to write out my week. And then I had these cards for just Monday. So just one day of the week. Cause I have got to focus. I've got to figure out my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I also tried to help the kids. Sylvie's at camp, thankfully, but the boys really resist that. And so they're at home with my mom, but I had to make rules because I feel like they, the TV, the screens, man, Yeah. I don't know. I know. It's so easy to see the thing about the screens that I find is I really, when I need them, I really need them because, you know, you have to get some work done or, you know, like not everybody has the camp sleepaway camp and sends their kids away for six weeks. Like we, I I mean, no judgment, but like there's not a sleepaway camp on earth that I would trust to send my child to. I just don't trust anybody. So I'll put the whole other uh, episode, but for today, you know, having your kids home, we're still in school. Uh, Addie's off today for Juneteenth, but during the summertime, I'm like, I want to hang out with you as much as I possibly can. So I would rather like you be on an iPad for an hour. Um, But then it becomes like, they want more. They want more. They they don't want to do other things. It's too hot. And yeah. I mean, and that's what this episode is about. We have a guest coming on briefly to kind of talk about that unraveling of summer into a schedule or not. Yeah. I I have don't want to have to argue with my kids all the time, mm-hmm. but they definitely want to be on tech so much and I want them to be on tech so little that I just would prefer to overschedule them. So they're living and not just living behind a screen. But I do agree that, you know, an hour or, you know, people like to unwind for an evening or I just wish um, that it wasn't so addictive because Mm -hmm. instead of going out to play or reading or playing music, that is, that will be their first choice. And I think that's because it's like bright lights and instant gratification and all these things that, and these studies that have proven it. So 
Yeah. That's like the immediate default, you know, whereas when we were kids, obviously very different times, but like maybe you'd choose to read or you'd want to go see your friends or I, you know, I was thinking about summer as I read this meme that was going around that I'm sure you've seen um, about how we were all just duped into thinking that summer was great because it was the only time we had any freedom, but it's actually the worst time of the year. (laughs) But when I think about my childhood and I think about being a kid in the summertime, it's always, it's that like openness, that possibility of being able to like meet up with random friends, you know, in the cul-de-sac. And then next thing we know, we're doing like little mermaid reenactments. And then we're playing with child, like it's this series of possibilities. And it makes me really sad when it feels like kids aren't able to do that anymore because there's just like this very stimulating thing right next to their faces all the time. And I know my son is like, forget it. If he has it for a little bit, it is all he can think about. And it's also, you know, we don't really live in an area where he can just pick up and go run down the road and play with friends. So it's very much if I'm not taking him places or setting up these dates or whatever it is, it's like, we're just, there's nothing. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So we're heading to DC next week. And so you just kind of hope that the moments of that adventure and the presence and the being outdoors balances everything else. And there's nothing wrong with like watching movies and also vegging out like there it's it's that nice, delicate balance. What's really hard for me is scheduling even myself, as we're just discussing, like I can't even get my own schedule (laughs) together. I get it. But who has time to, to do that, to like write? the data and then it's changes it's flexible it's fluid because time isn't real Misha so how do you <laughs> it's really not god that's why it's so hard because time isn't real that's where mm-hmm. all our problems stem from because I I'm just as guilty we don't need to call it guilty I'm just I struggle just as much uh-huh uh-huh so I'm working really hard this week to not do any social media until after dinner not even look at it that's great yeah, I think that's really the only way you can do it is to start to set very small goals. One thing I was thinking about, because we had talked last week about like this week's episode, and maybe we could discuss how to stay creative <laughs> as a parent or, you know, or somebody with a job that changes scheduling during the summer or whatever it is. Um, and one thing that I have been trying to do is use the time that I know I need to be doing X, Y, or Z to see if I can get my kid to do that same thing. So for example, like if I'm sending emails, I'll like give him a journal and be like, Hey, all right, I'm doing this. You can write this for 30 minutes or, um, which is obviously their threshold is very different than an adult. But even if it's 20 minutes while I'm working, I'm writing and I have my computer out and I give him like an old computer and he can like type something out a story. So he can see that if I'm on a device, I'm not always like scrolling social media or playing a game. Um, Maybe it'll make the device less interesting <laughs> if you're forced to do learning. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Hi, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Can you hear me okay? You sound beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. So we're really happy to have you. We were like somebody who understands the struggle of trying to write and work and live your life during the summertime with oh, free, free range children. Yeah, really? <laughs> oh, I man. know. We were talking about this episode, maybe kind of encouraging people to make 
time for their creativity, even if it's not their job, which of course it is your job. But also when you have another job and kids, it can feel a little crazy for me. I don't know how you're feeling lately, but maybe first, can you introduce yourself? Sure. So my name's Sarah Grunder Ruiz, and I am the author of a few romance books, Loveless and Fancy Ships, Luck and Last Resorts, and then Last Call at the Local, which comes out in January, which is a little bit wild. Uh, and I also teach at NC State. I'm here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I live here with my husband and two kids and two dogs, and we just got two cats. And I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with them fully. Like more so um, than the dogs? Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm so jealous. I've never, I'm not a real huge animal person because I grew up with a lot of dogs and that's a whole other story. So, and I'm also allergic to dogs. So I love my dogs. I just love them from a distance. Um, But the cats, I've always wanted cats. We finally got some and yeah, I'm a cat person, I guess. They're amazing. Yeah, me too. So amazing. Congrats on your upcoming book and your other two, which I've read and loved and talked to you about many times. Sarah and I are both alumni from the NC State MFA program. Yes. And your first book came out the day my second book came out and we got to do that amazing reading together. That was one of my favorite readings I've ever done. That was so fun because then we got to go to the loft across the street. (laughs) I still think about that. We never did uh, implement our plans for a night on the town at Glenwood Street. I totally, it's not, it's never too late. Mm-mm. It's never too late. We have time. Book threes are coming out. We should start planning right now. That's true. When's your next book coming out, Nisha? Next August, fingers crossed. Who knows? You got I, this. I got this. Yeah. When does yours come out in January? Well, it was supposed to come out next month. And I'm sure we'll talk about this, uh, but my life got a little bit too intense for me and something needed more time. And that was writing. So we pushed the yeah. pub date to January and it was 100% the right decision and I don't regret it at all. Well, that's very relevant to what <laughs> yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. What day in January? January 2nd. Oh, come on. That'll be so Picking fun. off the new year right. 2024 yeah. is going to be great. So obviously this is like your third go at this. The first two, I assume, came out on time. Yes. What went awry with number three? So number three... I mean, I've had a, it's been a rough few years for my family, like health wise. And I was able to kind of, you know, writing was my escape from all of that. So I would work relentlessly. Um, But starting last summer, just a lot of things happened for me. I had my own sort of spiritual awakening and that was taking up a lot of time. And we had more bad health news. There was just a lot changing in my life. And Also, I think, you know, technically this is my third book, but it's the fourth one I've written. So I've been writing pretty much nonstop, never even taking a break since 2017 when I started grad school. And I think my brain was just like, no, no, you're going to have a break. Um, I had just finished drafting my third book and it was a first draft, super messy. As I was going through all of these experiences and I sent it to my editor, was waiting to get feedback. And that was, I I usually know what I want to write next by that point. And I had no idea and I didn't want to, I just wanted a break to deal with my life and all these changes that had been happening and this new worldview that I kind of had and dealing with new health stuff. And when I got my edits back, I was like, cool, I know exactly what to do, but I just couldn't do it. And I'm not a person who really believes in writer's block. In my mind, it's either there's a problem that you haven't figured out yet 
or you just need a break. And this was the first time I was like, do I have writer's block? Which I don't even necessarily believe in. I couldn't write for four months and I had a deadline and it was just, I couldn't, I would sit down and write and I'm not a person who, I don't only write when I'm inspired. I don't only write when I'm motivated. I'm very dedicated to my craft. And it was just like, what is wrong? What is wrong? And I couldn't figure it out. And so my deadline was coming up and I was just like, I don't know what to do. I just can't, I can't do it right now. So I asked my editor for an extension. My editor and agent were very understanding. I explained in more detail what was going on with the health stuff, which was kind of the primary thing keeping me from being able to focus. And they were very accommodating. Um, they asked if like, we could send it to copy edits now, and then you can make bigger changes at past pages, or and we'll keep your pub date, or you can move your pub date. And I was just like, I need to move my pub date. There's no way. I want that pressure on me. Um, so what I realized as I was kind of working with this new deadline was that the problem was different than... I expected and I realized the problem was I felt like I was writing someone else's book where so much had changed in my life and like my how I was viewing my life and the world and what I wanted from it that I still love this book. It's very much an expression of me, but my books are always a snapshot of who I am at the time that I'm writing it. And after that first draft, I changed so much. Everything in my life changed so much that I was trying to finish someone else's book. I was kind of done with that story. Uh, but I finally kind of figured out what I needed to write. And it's a great book. I love it. I'm excited to share it. But I'm very excited that I'm done writing it so I can maybe transition to new things, have a little bit of a breather. But yeah, what happened with the third book was life happened with the third book. And I, my brain had spent so much time focusing on writing that I just needed a really long, complete total break. That's amazing. I mean, good for you. And how easy was it? Be honest. Like when you <laughs> said you needed the break, I think that's uh, so important and so amazing, especially for mothers, you're working more than one job, you know, it's like, and so were you able to be like, okay, I'm going to enjoy this? Or at first did it take some time to be like, no, this is what I need. I'm going to relax into it. Really surprisingly for me, I didn't, it felt like a relief to not have because I'd been just it'd been sitting in the back of my mind like you got to finish this book you got to find time to finish this book you got to do it and it just wasn't happening and I needed to give myself permission to disconnect and take that time so the I mean the extension was like a good two three months and I really didn't have that much left to do I had like four chapters to write and it just wasn't <laughs> happening so I, I felt really good about it. I actually felt feel like January is a better pub month for this book in particular, which takes place in the winter. So July didn't feel right to me anyway. Um, every now and then it's hard seeing other people post about their books coming out because I, I didn't just stop writing. I completely disconnected from the book world for a good eight or nine months, just not even paying attention to what's going on, just kind of going into hermit mode, if you will. So every now and then there'll be a little jealousy where it's like, well, I could have a book out um, but I actually, I even stopped reading my reviews um, of just approaching this author life in a completely different way because there's so much out of your control, which mm -hmm. I'm sure you learn as soon as your first book comes out. It sometimes takes a little bit to realize, okay, I can't muscle my way to success in publishing. You really can't. And so just letting go of all of that, giving myself permission to not work at being an author <laughs> for a little bit 
um, and get my mindset changed about it all was really what I needed. And I felt very, I felt very at peace with moving the pub date. My readers were very understanding and were like, you have to do what's right for you. Like we're here for you no matter when your book comes out. And that was really encouraging for me too. That was so beautifully stated. And I think it's, it's such an important point. Misha and I talk often about being flexible with the draft, right? Or being flexible with your concepts and your ideas. And sometimes you have to be flexible with yourself and your yes. your own real life and the things that are happening. And to be able to say, you know what, I'm just going to make this call and then really like embrace that is incredible. I needed that lesson today. <laughs> As a recovering gifted child overachiever, it was kind of, I've never missed a deadline. I'm always early. It's always working relentlessly. I don't even think I've read this book all the way through once. I'm kind of just, <laughs> and and I, I am doing it right now because my past pages are due Wednesday, um, which is the last read through for me. So it's, I can't wait to be on the other side of that. And the, it's funny because it sounds like I hate this book and I really don't. I think people are, I think it's going to be of my readers. I think it will be their favorite of the three. Um, but it was just the journey to writing it was the hardest of all my books. And I think it's actually my most lighthearted book. So <laughs> who knows? That's just how life is. Just trying to surrender to whatever is, is kind well, of my goal. Yeah. Yeah. Writing is a spiritual practice. People don't understand that necessarily. It's like self-knowledge, self-enlightenment. So I think so much. And so it seems like you learned a lot writing this book about the writer, <laughs> so to speak. Yes. And so it will improve your connection, whether it improves your craft or whatever your craft is already amazing, but your connection to your work and how it will present itself. You know, I'm excited to, to see book four and this new Me too. take on the world, <laughs> whatever it is. It's hard. Cause I felt like I wanted to draft something new this summer and I'm just realizing I'm not, I'm not ready yet. And a lot of that is to do with kind of, I've my third book being done means my contract is done. So I'm not on deadline. I'm not on a contract. Um, they don't want to consider my next book, whatever it is, until the sales are in for my third book. And mm -hmm. that won't be till February. So, I mean, part of me is like, we'll get the book done. Like, just write it. You're going to want to sell it no matter what. And the other part of me is, this is an opportunity to just chill. I don't really like to write a book unless I know I'm going to get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At some point. Um, so motivation's real low for me right now, but I've kind of decided since it's summer, I'm a professor. So I'm off of my other job that this summer is about me as a human being. Um, because I used to, you're both ambitious women. You get it. It's like, you're always, there's always the next thing. There's always the next place you can get. There's always, um, the finish, the, the finish line keeps moving no matter what you do. Um, and for me, my identity was really tied up to, I'm an author, I'm a writer. This is what I do. This is where I find my sense of self and, and worth. And suddenly I couldn't write. And I was like, whoa, who, then who I am, am I outside of that? So this summer is really about me as Sarah and not Sarah Grunder Ruiz, author of books that have ridiculous titles with a lot of alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being in a relationship that you've outgrown or maybe like yeah. moved outside of and you still have to kind of see it through until a certain timeline so yeah I can see why you wouldn't want to start another book if you are kind of finding where you're landing as a human being and yeah I think that's amazing that sounds like such a great a great way to spend the summer it's been great can we all go places let's go on like a I don't know 
Let's go on a writing retreat where you don't do any writing. No, just <gasps> ayahuasca. That sounds great. Let's do and it. like mediums and tarot readers. And- oh, my tarot cards have, they're getting a beat down this time. <laughs> I know. I've, I've loved seeing that unfold on your Instagram, but I've also really been interested in your newfound love of hockey being oh. from Minnesota. And I, I wondered if your next book was going to be about that because I was like, I wonder if she, I'm, I would love to read like a hockey player romance. I loved them in high school growing up in Minnesota. Yeah. They were the cuties. I definitely have a pitch for one. I have, uh, I spent some time on my writing retreat developing it. I'm just not in the place to draft, but I've been reading lots of hockey books. I'm obsessed with <laughs> hockey. And it's funny because people who meet me now are like, wow, you must always have been a hockey fan. I have been a fan since December. <laughs> um I just go hard like I'm all or nothing it's the ADHD once I decide I care about something it's my whole life I have a shrine to like (laughs) the canes on my kitchen mantle and I have like a candle I got one of those novena candles and I made a sticker that said like Saint Stormy pray for us and put it there and we always like it's 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 a lot (laughs) but you know what you get to live one time why not make your life a lot if you want it to be so hockey, hockey is pretty much all I care about. Too bad the season's <laughs> over. Um, now it's like, well, better write a hockey book. But no, I'm reading some hockey books right now. I would love to write a hockey book. I really would. Um, I just haven't found something I can sink my teeth into yet. So I'm still kind of rolling ideas around in my head. I love it. Let it stew. Yeah. Percolate. I was going to try to make a hockey like pun or <laughs> reference, but I don't know any. I'm sitting in the penalty box. Give it yeah. a slap. That was really bad. Yeah. It was intermission title of the episode yeah yeah chandra is also from south florida where you are from where from babies uh st pete area oh cool clearwater west palm how did you make your way to the carolinas so like everything in my life on a whim (laughs) um my husband and i we were living in pembroke pine so he's from el salvador we met in college we went to school in boston the day after we got married, I moved to London because he was doing grad school there. And then when he finished his program, it was like, we're moving to wherever anybody gets a job first. That was me. Pat on the back for me. <laughs> um, and that was back to South Florida. We lived there for a few years and we were just kind of bored. <laughs> no shade to South Florida. I love it there. I'm so glad to be a Floridian. It's this very specific culture being from South Florida. Um, but if you don't like the beach or shopping, or just like that then there's not much to do there weren't a lot of young families like mine I had my daughter when I was 24 um and it was just really hard to meet people there I don't know we just it it wasn't right for us and we thought what would be an interesting place and somehow Raleigh came up and I don't even know how but here I am seven (laughs) years later and I love it here I'll never leave um unless I am forced to leave uh but (laughs) No, I love it here. People are so open, friendly. There's so much to do with my kids. Um, the nature is gorgeous. So yeah, I'm definitely a fan of Raleigh. I want to do it just like a mountain trip. Yeah, we just went to Canada. It was amazing. Where did you go in Canada? We went to Banff National Park. We were actually supposed to go to Iceland. <laughs> Basically the same. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that our flight got canceled the day we were supposed to go. We only had a limited amount of time off all the flights were filled it was like wow our big we wanted to do a big trip with the kids we've never done that 
And so it's like 10 o'clock at night. Iceland air is not telling us anything. And I just looked at my husband. I said, we're going on a trip. We're going on a trip. So I just Googled alternatives to Iceland, find Banff National Park. We book a whole new trip and six hours later, we're in the car and we're going. And it was the best trip I've ever had. It was amazing. It looked amazing. It was incredible. Absolutely. It looks just profound. And the kids were like, whatever, let's do it. Oh, yeah. My daughter was a little disappointed until we're like, but we're staying at a hotel that looks like a castle. And she was like, oh, okay, I'm in. (laughs) If it's got a pool, absolutely, yes. Well, I mean, I have a question, but I'm curious now with your um, kind of newfound mindset, this like, you know, I love that you just took that big trip. That's something that we're hoping to do. I love that you're kind of taking the summer off. And so you might not have an answer for this, but I wonder if you're kind of envisioning what your creative process will look like going forward once the semester starts, once you start drafting, because I know you are like a Mm 5am writer. Yeah. And like, does, I don't know if that works for you or what you're, what you're envisioning going forward. I don't see that changing. So I don't think my actual process works very well for me. And I don't see that changing. Um, When I'm actively working on a project, I will wake up at five. That's the goal. Usually it's more like 5.30 and I will write in the morning. And the biggest change for me over the past few years with each book is giving myself space for balance and it's having a slower process. And that's kind of been the trajectory. So really waking up at five still happens. It's just, okay, am I always writing on my lunch break? Am I giving up time to see friends and family to write? Um, Not as much anymore. And giving myself permission to, you don't have to get it done as quick as possible. Make space for it in your life and dedicate energy and time to it and it will happen. Um, And I'm very good at that. So even with this third book, I wrote it a lot slower. Like typically I burn through a draft and then I'll revise or like I'll draft a whole chunk and then revise. This one was very slow. Parts of it weren't even written until it was sent to copy edits. And that worked much better for me. I felt like I had a, even though there was a lot of chaos in my life and that was getting in the way, overall, I have now a much healthier relationship with my writing and my work because I started realizing the book comes out at the same time anyway. Why am I rushing to beat a deadline? Yeah. Um, I need to enjoy the process because the process doesn't change. The writing doesn't change. The work doesn't change. It's still there. Being an author has its own problems that are all completely out of my control And it doesn't really matter what that outcome is. I can't control it. So focusing on the process and enjoying it and making it work for my life rather than working to get some dream I'm not even in control of. So it's still going to be the same. I'm still going to get up. I'm still going to write. I'm still going to go for walks like I like to do. It's just the pace for me is slower. I'm not sure what that's going to look like going forward. Like I said, I'm not even under a contract. Who knows if I'll get another contract? I don't know. Um, So I'm just kind of keeping my same process, but being more aware of boundaries about how it's going to influence my mood and my relationships and my life. That's great. Very wise. Yeah. Do you find yourself getting stressed about like the output? I I feel like sometimes it's so hard, especially it's like social media and, and, and talking to other writers and kind of like getting a sense of what their process and like how quickly they're wor- working through projects. Sometimes it gives me so much anxiety about if I have 20 more years left to be alive, like how many more things can I finish? Or do you ever find yourself like going down those rabbit holes? You seem very like disciplined. Um, No, 
not really, because my my big thing is I'm a one idea at a time kind of girl. So my big fear isn't how much can I get done? It's typically more, am I ever going to have another idea I want to write? Whenever I'm in the middle of a book and it's like kind of nearing, I'm like, oh my God, I don't have another idea. I'm never going to come up with another idea again. And I can't, I'm, for me, it's all about finding the idea that I want to sink my teeth into. I don't write anything that I'm lukewarm about ever. Um, because if I'm going to dedicate all that time in it, that's why I haven't started this hockey book is I'm not ready to really dig into it and immerse myself in it yet, which could be that it's not the right idea for me. It could be, it's not the right time. I don't really know. That's actually my big worry right now is I've taken such a long break that I'm like, am I going to write it? Am I going to write again? And I know that I will because I love it. It's just trusting the process that I need for myself but I don't really worry about how much output I'm gonna have over the course of my life it'll be what it's gonna be I mean it's hard because your career as a writer is always in jeopardy no matter what um I mean I guess if you're like a New York Times bestseller then maybe like for weeks and weeks on end maybe your career is not in jeopardy but otherwise it's always in jeopardy it's always about the sales of the previous book um like for my next book, it really doesn't matter what the idea is. It's more, do they want to keep me at all based on my sales? And I don't control how they market my book or push my book. So I can't control that in any way. Um, so for me, it's just, I don't worry about that. I kind of worry more about what do I want to work on? What do I want to think about for a year um, in writing? And then when you do romance, and that's even it. Like, do I want to stay in romance? Do I want to try something new? I don't know. Um, I think I want to stay in romance or something adjacent to it, but I'm not sure. And for me, it's very much, what do I want to spend a year thinking about? Because with romance, it's like a book comes out every year. And for me, this is kind of like, cool. it's almost like, cool, I'm off contract right now. I don't have to have a book come out next year. If I don't, well, next year I do, because it comes out January. <laughs> so. But I don't have to do a book a year. Not everyone does that. So really, it's kind of figuring out I don't really know what I want right now. My big goal before in my 20s was get published, get published, get published. And I pushed toward that and I did that. And then it's kind of like, okay, you achieved your life dream. Now what? <laughs> and for me, that's why falling in love with writing and what I'm writing is so important because I could have other dreams. I could have dreams to, you know, be a bestseller, but I'm not in control of that. So I have to find dreams that I'm in control of. And that can be kind of hard to do. Yeah. Well, so if you spend the summer, if you spend the summer just existing and being inspired, like what are some ways that you pull inspiration when in your downtime? Yeah, I think for me, I've, I mean, reading is very important to writing and I'll be completely honest with you. I've been in a reading slump for over a year. <laughs> um, it's connected. It's all yeah, connected. It's yep. all connected. Yeah. Just, I was just so drained creatively. And I think giving myself permission to not read for a while was really important. Um, I could only read nonfiction for some reason. It's like, I could, I could just read like self-help books and that was like what I had. And I, they're great, but as a fiction writer, you need to be reading fiction. And I just couldn't do it. And I'm like, all these books are great. I just can't do this right now. And so for me, this summer is very much, I finally finished a fiction book reading it. I'm like, yes. Was it a reverse harem hockey romance? Yes. 
don't even know what that means, but I'm intrigued. Oh, Oh, I'm about to blow your mind. Um, So it's basically a wide shoes. It's like this girl who uh, she ends up dating this one hockey player and then dating his friend and the friends are dating each other and then dating some other guy on the team. So it is like, I love it. It's just so fun. Totally erotica and i'm like you know what that's what i'm gonna read right now that's what's keeping my interest great that's what we're reading um and it's a great book it's called pucking around it's like 700 pages of this <laughs> and i love it it's so great um, oh, that was the pun we needed earlier yes yeah, yeah i'm just around. pucking around this yeah. summer <laughs> what happens. um so reading just just for me my focus is i want to like reading again <laughs> Yeah. And I do like reading. It's just hard for me um, in the place that I've been. So I want to be reading fiction again. That's been one of my goals. Being in nature is really important to me. Relationships are where I get all my inspiration. So just spending time enjoying friends and family and giving, I just needed to give myself space to not have a goal. And for me, this summer is just all about refilling the creative well, having energy for I want to get to a place where I feel imbalanced and inspired where I want to write. I don't want to feel like, oh, I need to write. And normally I say, like, if you want to be a writer, don't wait for inspiration. Um, and I think if you're a new writer, yeah, don't wait for inspiration. For me, I've been doing this for a long time. I know I can write a book. I know I can finish a book. Um, I've done it many times. So I know it's not about procrastination or fear or laziness. It's that there's time where I need other stuff needs to be the focus before I feel like I'm ready to have writing enter my life again and I feel like it's coming soon for me I really need a routine to be most effective and in the summer I don't have one as much as I would like to have one the ADHD is strong and I will not do that so um, I'm very optimistic that in the fall I'll be able to get back into my writing practice because I'm going to have a more structured day and life has calmed down a little bit so I'm feeling good about that. But this summer, it's all about releasing myself from expectations and finding joy in reading, finding joy in podcasts, finding joy in spending time with friends, finding joy in going for walks. And I think when you're burnt out, publishing will burn you out. Trying to get to the next level of whatever creative endeavor you have professionally will burn you out. And I mean, there's a reason tenured track faculty get sabbaticals usually they're working on stuff but right now the sabbatical is for me so <laughs> I need to work on me because my work is a reflection of who I am and sometimes your life gets turned upside down and suddenly you don't know who you are and you need to figure that out so can you tell I've been going through it ladies yeah like... I love it I love that we came we were like I was like I know the perfect guest we'll have Sarah on she's so organized she's so structured she but I think this is this is what we need. It's everything. It's not only mm -hmm. is it like good to have the breakdown and to kind of figure try to like reassess and figure out who you are and break through. But it's also like you sometimes just need to break and you can't put so much pressure on yourself in the summer when there's no schedule and it's wild. And when just... you have your kids. Yeah, home. exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what we were talking about before you got on. I had to like do a color coded weekly schedule because I am on deadline, you know, and and so but the kids are like at home and it's chaos. So yeah, we wanted you to just come and make us calendars because we're like falling apart. <laughs> I don't do that. And it's funny. So even when I am on a project, like when I am actively working on something, so you kind of caught me at a time where I'm not actively working on something. But when I am, yes, I am disciplined and 
but but I keep it so I try to keep it as low pressure as possible. So kind of like my rules for when I'm working on a project are on a writing day, I have to write for 10 minutes. That's a goal because typically the problem isn't how long I write or how many words it's, did I write? And if I keep my goal super minimal, it's like the the lowest possible bar for me is 10 minutes. And usually when I set my timer for 10 minutes, I'll write for three hours. Um, some days I write for 10 minutes and I'm done. I'm like, it didn't happen. And for me, I can be go on with my day without guilt because that was the goal, 10 minutes. Um, and I give myself a lot of, it's hard because for newer writers, it's very much, you need to develop your craft and discipline and write no matter what. Um, once you're more secure in your ability to do that and you know you're invested, you know you want to write, I have to be very intentional about allowing myself time to think. And that's why I've started since last summer, I incorporate a lot of walks into my writing process. If I'm stuck, I will just bring some post-its and a pen and give myself one question to reflect on. Like, okay, what is, what needs to be the midpoint of this book? And I just walk for an hour. Um, Giving myself time to stop and think and count that as productive work has been one of the biggest game changers for me. I find I'm doing a lot more revision in my head than I am on the page, which feels kind of nice, <laughs> even when it's scary and it's kind of slow. And I'm like, am I ever going to finish this on time? Just trusting myself that, yeah, I will, unless there is like a major extenuating circumstance, which was what happened to me with this third book. Um, but overall, I'm disciplined, but I'm flexible. And it's that balance that is really important. So most days, I don't have like a goal for the day other than write for 10 minutes if it's a writing day. I don't have like, I want to get chapters one through three done by the end of this week, because I don't know how that is going to go. Every book has its own process. Every chapter has its own process. Like, sure, I could write them, but is that material going to help me? Um, And it's very, it's more of an intuitive practice for me now where um, I think, okay, I would like to get this done. Is it not working? Do I need to get someone else's input at this point? Do I need to go for a walk? do I need to push through? It's really, I think more important than learning your craft or just as important in, uh, as learning your craft is learning your process and how to work with that and how to allow it to change when you need it to change. And you think every book will get easier, but it doesn't because all you did was learn how to write that book. <laughs> now you have to learn how to write a different book and it's different. Um, so yeah. I would say, yes, I am very disciplined when I'm writing and working on a project. But I'm also flexible with that and try to be in tune with what I need to create my best work. I love it. Yeah, everything you've said has really has been inspiring and timely for me as well. And I know for Chandra, because we've been having a lot of the same, you know, qualms. But I do have one very important question for you. Okay, I'm ready. Um, what are you listening to and what are you karaokeing lately? Oh, what am I karaokeing lately? Oh, you know I love karaoke. <laughs> Sarah has a beautiful voice. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just kidding. My (laughs) friends would disagree with you. They're always, I, so I I should probably explain this. I, um, every creative person needs a creative outlet. That's not their job. And mine is music. I'm very mediocre at everything musical, but it's nice because I don't have to be good at it. I just have to enjoy it. Um, karaoke is like my grounding process if I'm stressed karaoke if I need to get motivated to clean put on karaoke on YouTube while I clean I literally did this yesterday 
Um, if I just need my brain to shut up, karaoke. Um, so what have I been listening to? Um, I'm a big Glass Animals fan. Everybody knows that. <laughs> if you know me, uh, I'm listening to them again this summer. Uh, what else have I been listening to? Good summer jams, like good summer, j- late nights in the middle of oh June. Oh my god, you know it's the time. I think that's probably why I started listening again. I'm like, it's the middle of June, time <laughs> to listen to Glass Animals. Um, actually, though, surprisingly, I have not been listening to a lot of music lately. I'm like, who, who is this person? I don't know. Um, I've been needing more silence lately, which is not me at all. I actually play music when I'm teaching in my classroom and I tell my students, like, I have to put this on. Otherwise, I think you might be plotting to kill me (laughs) in the silence. Um, And they always kind of chuckle and then give each other a weird side eye. Um, (laughs) But yeah, lately, I've mostly been listening to Glass Animals or nothing. Um, So I need some new music recs. I need some some new music going on but karaoke it's always i always get like the same tracks go-tos yeah i've been doing what have i been doing lately i don't even remember what i was singing yesterday just you know your class anything that anyone would know so <laughs> i'll do your like alanis morrison i'm like yeah adele come i'm do i sound like adele no do okay. i imagine that i do yes <laughs> and my There's... kids they're like mom you're being so loud I'm like well your ipads are really loud so go somewhere else <laughs> there are some songs that are just way more fun to sing than others it's science oh yeah oh i was singing some evanescence yesterday talk about a throwback Ooh. i was like i'm gonna be a moody sixth grader right now <laughs> so that was fun wow i haven't heard it in so long but it's one of those things where i feel like if it's played i would know every word oh as soon as the opener starts up it's like i'm put into my preteen body (laughs) i'm a person who i don't listen to the radio so i have to actively seek out new music um and sometimes so when i'm writing actually if we're going to connect music to writing um i every book i work on has a playlist and i listen to it in the same order every time I write I am not a shuffle girl um am I fun and spontaneous yes not with music no I want to know exactly what song to expect next um but with my book playlists you know songs that I think connect to what I'm working on the story the characters whatever sometimes it's just a song I like at that point and then I boot it off the playlist when it doesn't apply um but that first song is really important because to me that's the trigger song as soon as I hear it it tells my brain, hey, we're working on this story or hey, we're thinking about this story if I'm driving and listening to it. So typically what I'm listening to is whatever my book playlist is, but I'm not working on a book. So <laughs> I'm kind of like, I was trying to find songs for this new project and I couldn't find any. And that to me was oh, kind no. of a sense like you don't really know what you're doing yet, which is uh-huh. often an exploration kind of thing. Um, but for me, it's still like, it was more like a yield sign, like slow down, like, wait, you don't yeah. need to jump into anything right now. So it's like waiting for the right thing. So that's how I'm going to, my very long and winding and not direct answer to that question. (laughs) Well, I'm excited for your silent, relaxed summer. Well, the music's silent. My children are not. So Right. For the blaring iPad summer. That's what Chandra and I were also talking about. Minecraft soundtrack. Oh my God. (laughs) Afmal. That's what I've been listening to. Afmal. My children listening to that. I don't know what it is really. I should probably watch some of that. It just gets in. They're all like earworms that will stay with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. the Mario movie soundtrack right now. Oh, yes. Pe- no, the kids want to listen to Peaches on Oh, repeat. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's, I'm glad my kids aren't here to hear that. So. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, play it. Play it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's so great so to great. see you guys. Thanks for having me. Can't wait for our uh, experimental summer. Who knows what's going to happen. It's going to be great. And then come January, I can't wait to hold your book. Book promo. Ah. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye.